We're going to read from Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 21. It's a very short passage, uh, Matthew 21 verses 18 to 22. An unusual passage, and as you'll see as we go through, it's quite an odd one. Uh, so hopefully you'll be interested. Uh, let's, let's read this together. Matthew 21 verses 18 to 22. Early in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. Immediately the tree withered. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. (laughs) How did the fig tree wither so quickly, they asked. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, Not only can you do what's done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Let's pray. We need God's help as we look at this passage. And as we pray, I felt as we were worshipping there together that... um, that we need to choose to listen this morning. And I don't mean listen to me, but choose to listen to what God has to say to us as individuals. It can be easy, can't it, in our busy lives and with the pressures we face and just the things our minds focus on to kind of um, opt in or opt out. But this morning, maybe it's a good idea just in our hearts to say, Lord, we are listening. I am listening to you. Speak, we pray. Father, thank you that you're the God who speaks. So Holy Spirit, teach us, we pray. We choose to listen, we decide to hear your voice and to respond, Father. Fill us with great faith this morning. Amen. Before this river becomes an ocean, before you throw my heart back on the floor, oh baby, I reconsider my foolish notion. Well, I need someone to hold me, but I'll wait for something more. Yes, I've got to have faith, the faith, the faith. Ooh, baby, I've got to have faith, the faith, the faith. The song? George Michael, faith. It was one of those songs that formed the backdrop of my childhood all about faith and unfortunately whenever I hear the word faith at church I think of George Michael not a good thing images of him in his black leather jacket in tight ripped jeans or whatever it may be but today that's what we're thinking about faith and what does it mean to pray with faith whether or not you'd call yourself a Christian whether you're a regular at church or not The idea of having faith when we pray is a pretty common one. So what does it mean? What does it mean for us to pray with faith? Can we pray without faith? Is it an attitude of heart? Is it something else? Is it about the volume in which we pray? Is it about the words we pray? What does praying with faith mean? We talk of faith-filled praying. People tell Christians that they wish they had their faith or they don't think their faith is 
built on anything. And for some of us, the word faith, when we think about it, we feel our kind of spirit rising, a sort of sense of atmosphere in our hearts of faith. Yeah, I've got faith to pray for this one. So there's an energy to it. For others of us, when we think of the word faith, we have a heavy guilt. Because the things we've prayed for haven't happened and therefore somehow our faith must be deficient because we haven't prayed in the right way. And the idea of faith is just another stick that we beat ourselves with. This was brought home to me a good number of years ago when I was at university. When a friend of mine, her sister was dying. She was a Christian. And she had been taught that if she just have enough faith, she could pray her sister well. She poured her heart out and her sister died. And so not only did she have the grief to deal with, she had this overwhelming guilt that it was her fault. My hope is that today, for some of us, we might find our spirit rising a sense of praying with faith. And for others of us, we might perhaps for the first time for many years find a freedom that praying praying with faith is not about us at all. So what does having faith mean when we pray? And there's four things from this passage, this incredible passage. And the first is this. Having faith is not about how strong your faith is. I don't know what you thought as we read through that passage. It's an odd one, isn't it? Because most of Jesus' miracles, we tend to think of being good ones, healing people, restoring people's sight, doing amazing things, calming the waves, great things that we can say, yeah, good on you, Jesus, brilliant. Here is a destructive miracle. He basically says to a fig tree, no more fruit, and it has no more fruit. What's going on? Is Jesus not a big fan of figs? Is he woken up slightly moody that day? What's actually happening? Well, of course, if you've read the Bible for long enough, you know that when Jesus does stuff with this, there's something way more profound going on than just a simple fig tree and whether you get nice juicy figs from it. There's something hugely encouraging for every single one of us, showing that faith is not about us at all. Because this passage stands in the rest of this chapter as you flick your eyes back, maybe at home. You'll see that what is happening is that it's all about Jesus and the context is building to him getting to Jerusalem. And there's this friction between Jesus and the religious leaders of their day, the ones who thought they knew the kind of nation that Israel should be and the kind of Messiah that was coming. And these people would have known their Old Testaments in which the nation of Israel was referred to a good number of times as being like a vineyard or being like a fig tree that bears fruit or doesn't bear fruit. And Jesus here in this passage is making it very clear that these leaders were like this fig tree not bearing fruit. If you follow these leaders, if you think that following God is all about what you do and your sense of righteousness, 
then it is a fruitless existence, says Jesus. And now what he's doing in an enacted parable, he's basically saying, that is now dead, that way of thinking. I am here and look what's going to happen. There is going to be a new fruitfulness in your life as a result of me, is what he's saying. In other words, having faith is all about him, not us. And the same, therefore, is true with prayer. It's not about the quality of our faith that counts. It's about where our faith is directed. Let me give you an illustration. Here's a chair. How many of you believe that that chair would take your weight? Most of us. And I guess if most of us, if I would say, come on, then come sit down on it, most of us would be fairly confident, maybe even because we've seen somebody else sit on it today. But here's the illustration. I can be somebody that, yeah, of course that chair's going to take my weight. Yep, ha <laughs> ha, boom. I can be somebody that shouts really loud, yeah, that chair's going to take my weight, woo. Or I can be somebody that, I'm not really sure, to be honest, I'm, I'm a bit nervous about sitting down. I don't know, but I'm going to try it. What's the difference? The result is not in how confident I am about the chair. The result is in how well the chair can take my weight. I can believe as loud as you want, or as timidly as you want, that that chair takes my weight. But that makes no difference when I sit down It's all in the chair. (laughs) In other words, as Tim Keller says, you're not saved because of the quality of your faith, but because of the object of your faith. How successful our prayers are are nothing to do with us, but all to do with him. And Jesus makes this really clear a few passages, chapters ago in Matthew 17. Let me read these words to you. Truly I tell you, says Jesus, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible to you. It's not the strength of your faith that matters. And so can I encourage you, if you are somebody that has grown up in a context or you've always believed that you haven't received what you've been praying for because you're not praying in the right way or you've not somehow sort of worked yourself up to an energy that kind of claims stuff, praying with faith is not about you at all. It's simply trusting and sitting, however confidently or timidly. So having faith is not about how strong your faith is, but the passage goes on. Because having faith is simply having the confidence to ask. Because the passage goes on with some slightly uncomfortable words for us, if we're honest. Let me read these words again. Verse 22. Jesus says, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. That's quite a tricky bit, isn't it? Does Jesus actually mean that? I mean, we we kind of try and excuse it away a little bit, don't we? And maybe we're slightly embarrassed about it and not sure what to do, or maybe, just maybe, as is so often the case with Jesus, something else is going on completely. 
Because I'm guessing that for many of us, the issue is not so much not getting what we've prayed for. For some of us, it's not asking in the first place. James, the book of James says these words, you do not have because you do not ask God. For some of us, faith is simply rising up to have the courage to ask or simply sitting. We simply don't believe that God is generous and wants to give us good things. And as I was reflecting on this, I was deeply challenged by this. And I have a sense that for some of us, this is a big issue. This alone speaks into a huge issue for people of my sort of age. People who have grown up being quite cynical about stuff. It's a big issue today. Think of who our comedians are. Generations like mine, we have grown up being sold lies. And we know their lies. We have a yeah, but attitude to everything. So when we go into a shop, they want to sell us something, we know there's a hidden agenda. When we hear a politician speaking, we know there's a hidden agenda. My generation, we've grown up with promises of love from our parents' generation, but then seen as selfishness, leaving us to fend for ourselves. My generation have grown up with promises that if you work hard and earn enough money, it will lead to happiness, and it's destroyed our parents, and it's destroyed us. People of my generation have grown up believing that if we just find the right partner, the one, in the words of Jerry Maguire, it will complete me which always leaves us wanting more and hopping from the next to the next to the next partner. People of my generation have grown up with promises of politicians uh, and businesses acting on our behalf and then discover that they were all made up lies. And we've been taught, therefore, we can only trust ourselves. And we have a default cynicism to every other claim. And if I'm honest, the same applies to our faith. We hear stories of life change and we hope for them to be true but we have a yeah but. We hear stories of miracles and we long for them to be true but yeah but. And so what happens is we simply stop asking in prayer. As one author, Paul Miller, writes, Cynicism protects you from crushing disappointment, but it paralyzes you from doing anything. And prayer is the opposite of cynicism. He says it engages evil, it doesn't take no for an answer. The psalmist was in God's face, hoping, dreaming, asking. Prayer is feisty. Do we really believe that God is generous and wants to give us good things? Have we stopped asking? I hesitate to talk of God's generosity because the story I'm going to tell you is a personal one speaking about money. Uh, and often people kind of get to money and I don't mean it, but it's a personal one for me, so I'll tell it. When I was at Bible college, this generosity of God and the, 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 the faith to ask for things was really remind, taught me something because every year you had to pay your fees by the end of the year before you could go on to the next year i knew that but what i didn't know there was also a rule you had to pay half your fees by the halfway through the year i didn't know that 
In my third year, third year of four, about the end of January, I had a letter from the bursar at the college that said, Tim, you'll know this rule, which I didn't because I'd never read the handbook, but you'll know this rule that you're supposed to have paid half your fees by halfway through the year, and if you don't, you won't be able to carry on. I received a letter. And as of that point, I'd paid 30 pounds towards my fees, which even in those days was not a lot. <laughs> And I was not sure what to do because, of course, I was convinced God was calling me to do this. I was convinced it was right to be there. And here was basically a vague threat of, if you don't pay this within a week, you've got to defer for a year. So I prayed and I panicked. <laughs> and then I went to the bursar, tail between my legs, saying, what do I do? Do you know what he said to me? I can still remember, clear as day. He said, actually, Tim, we've just received two checks in yesterday. One of which was from somebody I didn't even know, and the other of which was from somebody I'd met two weeks previously. And it meant that my half-yearly fees were paid over by £30. I was amazed that God had answered a prayer using people that I didn't even know, really. Why? Well, as the bursa told me, the stories I could tell you of God providing when we don't even know our need... He said, I could take, talk to you for days about it. And it reminded me that maybe, just maybe, sometimes we need to start asking again and believing, having the courage to sit and say, God, please. A boldness. And as I was preparing, there was a sense within my own heart of, of arising again, of, of passion, of a sense of, yes, come on. Come on, Tim. Let's keep praying. So having faith is not about the strength of our faith. Having faith is simply just having confidence to ask. But there's a third thing in this passage. Having faith is also simply having the humility to trust. Because of course there is this big question. What about when we have prayed for things and they don't work out how we'd like? They don't seem to be panning out the way we'd hoped. And we've prayed, Tim, sounds great, but I've prayed for years. What about that? Well, there's a couple of things to say about that. James, I mentioned earlier, says these words, and he carries on. He says, you do not have because you do not ask God, but when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So it is clear that for some of us, this is not a kind of carte blanche, pray for whatever you want and boom, I get a Ferrari because that's what I've always wanted. God is not a personal vending machine, says the New Testament. You know, put our money in, pray the right way, press the buttons, boom, app it pops. If I just pray in the right way, just have enough confidence, maybe, just maybe, I'll get that partner or I'll get that job or I'll get that house or I'll get that, get that, get that, get that. Whatever it may be, God is not our personal vending machine. Having faith is more than that. If it's about Jesus and not us, and if it is about simply having confidence to ask, then surely it's about having confidence in the chair to take our weight, even if it looks quite different. And there's two examples of this in the New Testament. One is Jesus himself praying, and one is in the Old Testament. 
Let me read to you Jesus' prayer in Mark 14. See if you can hear the two things. Abba, Father, Jesus prayed, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. See the contrast? I'm asking you, Father. I'm sitting down. Yet I'm also trusting in you to answer as you see fit. Or another example of Daniel. Do you remember when they're thrown into the furnace? There's that brilliant, brilliant speech where they say, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it and he will deliver us into your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you've set up. Do you see that? God can do this. God is going to do this. I'm going to sit down on the chair. But even if he doesn't do it, we're still going to trust him. It's having the confidence to ask and yet also having the humility to trust. That's faith. And it takes away all the responsibility away and the guilt because we can simply say, Lord, I trust you. So I'm going to keep on asking but I'm going to keep on trusting. A story I've told a number of times Uh, so forgive me if you've heard it before, of some good friends of mine who had a history of hemophilia in their family. And their son, back in the early 80s, had contracted the HIV virus through a blood transfusion. And they were praying their heart out with tears on their faces before God, begging, please, to heal. And what happened? He died. And I remember talking with the father How on earth did he deal with that and reconcile it with his faith? And I can still remember him saying with tears coming down his face, Tim, I don't know, but I do know God is good, and so therefore I simply trust. That's a prayer of faith. That's strong faith. And so some of us, can I encourage you? We're going through stuff And we're struggling to cling to Jesus, but we know we're clinging on because he's the only hope we've got. And we may feel really weak, and we feel as though we should be kind of strong prayers. Yeah! And maybe, just maybe, in our timid clinging on to him with all our might, we hear his gentle voice saying, that's faith, that's faith. Some of us saying the simple prayer, not my will, Lord. Or even those words from the Old Testament, though you slay me, I will trust in you. That's the supreme act of faith. So prayer and faith is not about how strong we are. It's simply having confidence to ask. It's simply having the humility to trust that maybe maybe just God knows best. And finally, having faith is actually about relationship not about our rights. And this is where we return to where we started. You see, in Matthew's gospel, Jesus is making it very, very clear to those who want to listen. Focus on the mountain mover, not on the mountain. The whole purpose of prayer is about relationship with God, not what we can get from God. And for some of us, 
We were at the very early stages of that relationship with God. If we're honest, this talk about Jesus is interesting to us and it's fun coming along to church, but we're not sure we'd say we have that relationship where we talk with him as we do to a friend, where we walk with him day in, day out. We pour out our heart to him. We're just honest before him and you know he's with you. And can I say, if you, you know honestly that's not your relationship, in a moment I'm going to pray a prayer and in which you might like to simply pray it for yourself, asking God to come into your life. But for others of us, we, we have that relationship, but if we're honest, we've kind of been looking in the other direction a little bit. And we don't walk with him as we do a friend. And our prayer life has become about getting stuff from God, not about getting God. Maybe today a prayer of faith is, Lord, rekindle my passion for you, my walk with you. And so therefore we can pray with faith. And as I close, I just want to be honest about something in my own life. As I was preparing for this, um, I had a bit of a reality check about my own life and my own heart and my own walk with God. And I, if I'm honest, I had a sense of just growing a bit weary over the last few years because of stuff. And as I was preparing, I sensed rising within me a sense of growing passion, growing confidence, growing, yeah, in my faith. And my prayer as we come to a close, in a moment we're going to have a time of response, that for some of us, if we're honest, our walk with God has been a bit weary. And even today, we've had a sense of growing passion, growing energy, growing confidence that maybe, just maybe, God is for us, we can step out confidently. In your outlooks, you'll find one of these little cards for the half night of prayer. In a couple of weeks at Riverside House, the 15th says, next Friday, not this Friday, next Friday, we're going to gather as a church from all the different sites to spend half a night in prayer together. As it were, standing with an army together, pressing into God, confidently trusting in him. So do join us for that. But maybe even today, for some of us, we might sense a new stepping out in faith. So can I ask us to stand? Please stand. I'm going to pray in three different ways. And the first is a very simple prayer for those of us, if we're honest, who would say we've never, never, uh, that relationship with God is not there. We've never really started it. I'm simply going to pray a very short prayer and in your own heart, if you're there, you want to say, yes, Lord, I want to start that relationship with you. You may like to just echo these words in your own heart. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you love me.
forgive me for not walking with you. Thank you that you promise that whoever comes to you in faith through Jesus, you will fill with your spirit. You will forgive and you'll give eternal life. So Lord, I confidently step into that relationship with you. Change me, I pray. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. And as we continue to pray, if you prayed that for the first time and that meant something to you, just come and grab me afterwards. Just love to briefly chat with you. But then for others of us, I'm gonna, there's two other ways to pray. First is for those who, if you're honest, there's been a guilt about your own prayer. That you know that stuff has happened in your life that you feel guilty about as though it's somehow your deficient praying and today the Lord has been just encouraging you and I'm going to simply pray asking that God would fan that into flames in your own heart with a new sense of confidence and freedom you may find it helpful if that's you to simply hold out your hands as a sign of openness to God Father, we thank you that, that it's all about you. Forgive us for making it all about us time and time again, as though we are our own saviour. Lord, thank you that your grace is big enough and that simply choosing, as it were, to sit on the chair, simply trusting in you is enough. Lord, even today, would you grant a new freedom a new liberty. Take away guilt and shame, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. And then there is a third group. And that is those of us who even today have acknowledged that we are feeling a little bit weary, a little bit, we walk with God, yeah, but you know, our eyes are all over the place. And today we've had a growing sense of, yes, I want to be more confident, more passionate, more wholehearted and trusting in God. And there's been a new energy. And I'm going to simply pray asking that God would fan that into flames by his spirit. That we would find a new freedom even this week in prayer. Of confidence. Of being feisty even in prayer. With the humility to trust. And again, if that's you, you may find it helpful to hold up your hands as a way of saying, God, please, please, please. So Father, we humbly admit we get things so wrong. And yet, Lord, you are so patient with us. And Father, we know you are awesome, you are great, and you can do immeasurably more than we ask or even imagine. And so, Father, we simply pray, please, would you fan into flames a renewed passion to pour out our hearts to you, to walk with you, to to be confident before you as your children, loved, welcome, that we need not shrink back, but that we can be confident before our gracious, mighty Father, 
even today would we find a sense of our spirit rising, Lord, to pray boldly with confidence. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Amen.